Hello friends, especially those of you in the Portland area. I have a classy product I'd like to endorse. More than boards, not your average charcuterie. Your spot for above and beyond boards. Seek them out at More Than Boards on Instagram. And when you fill out their Google form, leave Hero Ball Podcast in the comments for your 10% discount. Enjoy. And welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I am joined with my good buddies, Ethan Huffman and Elkin Beltry. Now, guys, the basically all things basketball have come to an end as far as the NBA goes, the the Olympics goes. There's still WNBA to happen later on in December, but guys, it's time to wrap up the off season. I would say it's still a couple of small moves that could be out there, but overall, uh, how'd you guys how'd you guys feel about? the moves and things that happen. Tampering is something that cannot continue. It's a bad thing for the rest of the league. We, 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 we said it, we said it last year when the, when the bucks were messing around with that Bogdan Bogdanovich fellow. And it was a horrible thing, it, you know, plight of the NBA. And uh, we all know no one cares. All I know is Miami heat should be fine. Like a hundred million dollars and they should be banned from the playoffs for the next 10 years. That's my take. All right, Elkins taking more of an NCAA approach to it. So, um, good thing the NCAA is soon to be debunked. <laughs> basically. But let's not waste any more time. Today, we are going to do our best to go over all of the moves from every team in that that, you know, that ever happened this offseason. Now, to be clear, we're not going to go into detail on every single team. We are going to start in alphabetical order with the Atlanta Hawks. So we're just going to basically kind of go to, you know, go through if there's a move that we want to talk about, if there was a decision we wanted to kind of, you know, bring some more details to and, and opinions to. We'll, we'll do that. If, if we don't really have an opinion on them, then, you know, we'll say our quick piece and then we'll move on. And so, so as to not have this podcast last for 30 hours. So. Start with Atlanta, Richard. Get it out there. So uh, with Atlanta, I, I love all the stuff that they did this offseason with the tools that they had available to them. I mean, their draft, getting uh, Jalen Johnson, Shreve Cooper, I think was was really big for them. Uh, giving, re-signing Trey, Mac extension, had to do it. Signing John Collins to not the Max had to do it. Um, and bringing in DeLon Wright to replace, uh, you know, Chris Dunn. I, they've done a good job of restocking the cupboard, and I think that they still got more moves that they'll do this season when they gotta find a way to like kind of reset. Like they can't sign all of their young guys, so I don't know. They're in a great spot. Yeah, and then of course made it official with one Nate McMillan took off the interim tag and gave him that contract, which I think we all saw coming, which was smart. May he live well and prosper down in Atlanta. So I'm in agreement with you. Um, and I'm happy, by the way. I don't know how you got Phil. I'm happy they didn't give John Collins that full max. I'm happy they just gave him that five for 125. I don't really care about people's money all that all, all that much in terms of uh, 
who who saves and who who doesn't. But I, I will say this: the whole getting John Collins at a deal that might be slightly more palatable than a full max would have been, I think, could be very valuable here. Come let's say sixty days into the regular season, if they are looking to consolidate some of that young talent for another star, another person who might pair really well with Trey Young. Um, someone who's already on the East Coast, someone who is uh, playing for a team that's going nowhere. Um, there might be a trade out there if you could give up the appropriate amount of young players and picks that the Hawks still have access to. Um, Travis Slank might have uh, f- fallen his way into a really good situation uh, despite um, um, some mistakes along the way. Yeah, uh, overall I like from Atlanta. A team I don't care for their offseason just because they, they – they literally did nothing, is the Boston Celtics. I mean, I guess you brought back Al Horford, you know, a couple years older. Um, brought in Josh Richardson as a kind of a reclamation project from where he has been. Hopefully he can get there. I mean, that, that's kind of the hope. Uh, but, you know, you brought back Cantor, right? Chris Dunn, injured, uh, who knows. But Kemba and Evan Fournier leaving, uh, it just, it seems like Boston being where they were, they didn't do much to improve. And I just think that they're susceptible to in an improved Eastern Conference, maybe, you know, either stay at about the same level uh, or, or maybe even take a step back. I don't know. Yeah, that's the boat I'm in with them as well. I, I don't I just don't think their team's quite um, good enough anymore um, without without Kim, that kind of guard scoring spot. Like, it's just going to be a lot more Kim, uh, Jason Tam ISOs. And if anyone watched the Olympics, uh, we know that he should not be the guy taking all the ISOs. Maybe on the Celtics, but um, in any other situation the world's ever seen, absolutely not. Um, so, like, the point point being is they're, they're going to be a little bit worse on offense. They probably are going to be a little bit better in defense just because I like Al Horford's uh, communication, those kinds of things. I think Josh Richardson would be in a good situation to develop. It's really just going to depend on how good – can um that Marcus Smart um and Peyton Pritchard guy Aaron Neesmith all how how good can all those guys shoot when uh, they get the ball back from Tatum and Brown because if those guys can shoot that they still got a pretty good little roster ahead of them but if uh, those guys are struggling to shoot any game's gonna be uh gonna be a struggle because from what I see Jason Tatum is on or off and I don't see him grinding for wins all that often he usually has it or does not. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you guys. Don't have much to add. I agree with that. They're kind of going to be either stagnant or going down. On to Brooklyn. The uh, Brooklyn Nets. I love what they did. I love Patty Mills. Uh, they lost Jeff Green. But yeah, brought, brought in Patty Mills. Uh, and uh, silver medalist Patty Mills. No, uh, sorry. Bronze medalist Patty Mills. Bronze medalist Patty Mills. And... Uh, James Johnson, he's specifically for the, hey, we were going to have a matchup against Giannis at some point. Let's find someone who can rough him up. Uh, brought back Blake for that same situation, you know, same type of ideal. Bruce Brown on the qualifying offer, so he'll become an unrestricted free agent, but you got him at least retained. Uh, and then they drafted a bunch of just guys. But overall, like, these moves around the edges, there to kind of provide and bolster their depth. Um, I, I think are, are huge for them in, in the season. I think make them the clear favorites for the uh, for the championship, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's kind of how I feel with it. Like, I already shouted out Patty Mills because I love that signing for them. And overall, I think there's a team that they kind of knew, like, we got to – we have our three guys stay healthy. There's going to not really be many teams that can compete with us uh, game in and game out. 
Ethan, what you got? I mean, uh, uh, it's just a bunch of uh, parroting here. Um, I I think all the guys they added or or resigned are like the more impo- are going to be more important for their defensive side of the equation, and that's really what I think is key for this team. Obviously, last year they they ran some offensive problems when everyone got hurt, but I think that's the anomaly. You can't really put stock into that. You can look at a team like the Lakers, who uh, completely overhauled their roster, right, based on one playoff series going poorly. That if everyone was healthy, who knows how that series goes? So I think I. Think I think Brooklyn did the correct thing, and they continued to add to their weaknesses, um, whereas their offense did not need any help. Patty Mills is going to help that just because he's a good catch-and-shoot guy. But James Johnson, for all that it's worth, like he can guard people for little spits of time as long as he's in shape. And so like that's why he's here. I think you know, having him, re-signing Blake, re-signing Bruce, those were all critical things. Charlotte. Uh, they took one plum dog um, over onto their roster. Shout out Mason Plumley, former Piston. Uh, Ish Smith, former Piston as well. And they got Kelly Oubre. Uh, I thought that their moves, coupled with their basically the draft of James Booknight, Kai Jones, JT Thor, I like, I like all those guys. Uh, those are probably my, one of my favorite kind of drafts for upside that they have. Parallels with the Ball, I think that they're interesting. They're kind of in that, I don't know. Uh, play in 7 through 10 through 11, maybe they miss, like, kind of range in my eyes. But I thought what they did will make things fun for this upcoming year. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all about this team and the, and the moves they had. Honestly, I'm learning some of these moves in this exact moment um, because I honestly was not aware Kelly Oubre ended up here. Like, I just... But I think he's a great fit. Um, there's going to be an interesting uh, gambit here is where where and how they they sort out this wing rotation because we got like a P.J. Washington plays some small ball center. Is is he going to do as much of that with a young guy like Kai Jones and a tall guy like J.T. Thor coming through? And then you also have Bridges who has great connections with Lamelo Ubre. I think of very similar things. And I think James Booknight is going to be is a great pairing to go with Lamelo, a guy who you know they're going to be of similar size, a little bit taller, but Booknight kind of also a, a big guard. Like I think there's a lot of fun things to be had with this team uh the, the longer the longer that they can have the opportunity to grow together um you know my it's i think it's a perfect place for these like you know a guy like kai jones to try to develop like it's all they already like run a lot of switching system with pj washington playing center beforehand so kai jones will have a chance to use some of his athleticism um i think to the best visibility like, i think it's just a great a great little off season for him ish smith going back home Char- like you know charlotte native yeah, and it kind of just the moves that they did. Uh, one Devontae Graham as Richard added him. Uh, you can kind of see that they were like Devontae Graham is not really going to be a major part. Like he had his moments with him, he would catch on fire. But you kind of saw Terry Rozier and Lamelo Ball were kind of more the mainstays for them. And I know for me, I was just like, go ahead, New Orleans. You can go ahead and and get Devontae Graham, pay him that was it four years, forty seven million dollar contract, something like that, and for Charlotte, you're like, we'll just bring in young talent through the draft, and we're okay with that. Especially you getting you get a first round pick, lottery protected, like that. Getting that for Devonte Graham, uh, I, I I don't know, just seemed. I think they're really on a nice, sustainable build right now. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if there is a consolidation move. Um, in the near future, but like they're, I think right now they're they're tr- they're tracking similar to like the Atlanta Hawks, where they're you're just seeing, you know, quality little players pop up around the roster and, you know, 
some of their like less like you. I don't want you know I don't want to be mean to Bismack Biombo or or the uh, Caleb Martin particularly, but those guys are two guys going out. Cody Zeller as well. Guys going out that are not necessarily negative players, but are not necessarily ever going to be a positive player for any situation. Seeing those guys come out with guys like Ishmith, who you know what leads a lot of teams to the playoffs. Not the Pistons, but he always kind of helps. Always helps a back a, a second unit. Listen, they're going to go so fast. Like that, that that's what I read from all of this. They're just going to be flying and probably one of the t- top five teams in transition offense as far as just like, like that's what they're going to be doing the whole time. Yeah. And, and Mason Plumlee helps the the front court. Like and I, I would never say he's a great facilitator, but he is a ball mover. Yeah. And, and so I, 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 I enjoy what they did. Um, we got to kind of slow down maybe a little bit with Chicago <laughs> because they, yes. in in so Starting it out by getting Lonzo Ball, uh, Alex Caruso, right? Um, you know, getting those guys, it was like, okay, well, you're prioritizing, putting some defense around, knowing that, like, you know, Levine, while maybe he showed a little bit more of defensive, um, uh, in, in the switching setup, like, he did pretty well, looked pretty well, pretty good for Team USA, but when you're anchored uh, with, with, with Vooch, I don't, totally know what kind of defensive presence you you've, you're gonna have uh so like i was i was good with them saying well let's go ahead and get more guard point of attack defender uh in caruso and and, and a guy who can uh you know be a helpful off-ball defender in lonzo and then they went out to get demar Derozan. and i think all of the discussion really centers around the demar Derozan uh three for 85 three for 85 um uh trade sign and trade um that that they uh where they, they they sent out they sent out a future first couple seconds I I don't know what do you think Well I don't necessarily hate the dollars right I th- still think Demar is a really solid player um I think it's an overpay especially when you consider that it's not exactly but this is pretty much what was given up to get cool like almost this is almost as much as what was given up to get Kawhi Leonard for the for the the Raptors originally so I guess I guess finally now. Um, finally, now the Spurs are getting their proper return on the Kawhi trade in theory, but it's it's still still a little wonky. Um, you know, Thad Young, great player, but he's not he's not quite as good as DeRozan. But wow, it's a uh, oh wow, I I I love Demar Derozan. I think the offseason as a whole, in terms of player players they brought in, is really good. But the stuff that they sent out to make it all happen. Um, does leave me want leave me anxious especially when you're the key cog of this whole thing working is not a guarantee to be there after the season that being zach levine how can your thoughts on on this trade i'm i'm kind of just like demar Derozan showed a lot of promise as a playmaker last year for the spurs like i think he did great doing that i'm interested to see what the bulls plan to do with one kobe white to see how that how he develops i'm because, I mean, their backcourt is definitely getting crowded. I am interested with that. But besides that, I think there seems like the Bulls are trying to be like, hey, Zach Levine, look, we're trying to win now. We want you to stay here with us. That's what it seems like these moves are. I, I, I just look at, at them having no defense. And uh, you're now having to – like, DeMar DeRozan is very bad defensively. And you having your center, your anchor, like, this is a lot of – 
Patrick Williams, we really hope you could cover for our front court a whole lot, which is nice, but you're too Patrick Williams. I don't know. It seems like a tough ask. I will say I thought he looked a lot better when he was guarding big players his last couple years in San Antonio. I still know he's not not good, and like they're gonna run if they if they have to run a switching system towards end of games, they're obviously gonna get him isolated somewhere. But I do think he made some pretty significant strides as his positional location uh, went up the line. Yeah, I, yeah. I just it'll be tough defensively. I think. Um, be a really good offense, both fun, but I just think they're going to struggle a lot. It's going to be like the, the the Wizards from a couple of years ago. Got three good defenders on the roster: Ball, Caruso, and Williams. Because you're sending out Thad Young; he was the other one originally. Cleveland did not a whole lot except for draft of a Mobley. Great traded for Ricky Rubio. Great, um, and Jared Allen resigned him. Less great for the dollars that that you went in and, and invested. I, what do you think? I mean, Evan Mobley, like you said, we're all like, that's the pick they should have. He's available there. Jared Allen. Now, with it, was he con- was he restricted free agent or unrestricted? Yeah. Restricted, right? Restricted. Like, do you think someone would have given him that dollar amount and forced the Cavaliers to match? I don't think they would have. Like, I've, I'm looking at that amount with the the market for centers. I think it should have. It would have been a lot lower. Even if someone went out and did that and made you sign that, then make them do that. Yeah. Like just that's make them go ahead and make him find an offer sheet. I know that you want to have like goodwill and, you know, make everyone happy and all, all that stuff, but make, make him go sign an offer sheet and say, Hey, our offer is going to be, I don't know, $80 million instead of the 100 that, that you ended up signing. Like whatever it is, like it just seems like a lot. I wonder if it's like low-key scars from the uh, initial time they tried to get Gordon Hayward before they found out LeBron James was coming back. So both both them and Charlotte offered that four-year contract with a third after the third year with a player option. And I wonder, uh, based on the fact that they gave that uh, extension to Kevin Love all those years ago, um, I wonder if they have some kind of like weird um, we don't let people out the door kind of thing based on the fact that they tried to do that to Utah and Utah ended up getting spurned. Maybe they have some small man syndrome with um, – with that kind of uh, game that they're playing. I think it's a bad idea though. I'm not, I'm not defending the move. I'm just trying to find a way to rationalize it. I mean, I guess, but (laughs) it's, if someone would have offered him a a three, a three plus one, they would have been doing the Cavs a favor. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, great. I don't know. It, It seems, seems like an overpay to me, especially when you have bad, bad contracts on the roster but you have a Mobley and that can if he hits where we think he'll hit like that's going to cover a lot of sins so and Isaac Okoro is going to develop he's going to be good we love it we love Isaac Okoro here in the podcast um Dallas basically just went all in on Luca primary ball handler keep it going um Reggie Bullock you know some some more shooting something brown like that brought back Tim Hardaway Jr. Brought back Boban. Gotta love that. Always gotta love Boban in the league. Um, Josh Richardson out. That didn't go super well. So overall, just seems like a let's run it back and make these marginal moves. And I just just don't think it really improved their ceiling a whole lot. No, it didn't. You kind of feel like this is a team that's probably going to be, because they have Luka, close to the bottom of the playoff race. 
that's just that's what they're going to be able to do. And from there, though, like they're probably I don't know how much of a market there's going to be for it. But I can see them trying to if they haven't already try to see some feelers for Przingis trade. But I seriously thought it was going to be much of a market for him now because you kind of I've kind of getting a sense that him and Luca aren't working that well or for the long run. But looking at where they're at. I mean, Luca's going to sign the extension. Let's be real. They're going to offer him a, a massive extension and he's not going to turn down 200 million. There's no way. But I am interested to see how far into that extension he's willing to go to be like, hey, Dallas, what are we doing here? I do think he's got to kind of keep a uh, an ear ear to the ground of any any trade rumblings re- regarding you know big name players or you know free agency again because like we we kind we kind of hit a law here where a lot of people are staying in place. You could argue you know financial security reasons based on um you know co- the collective bargaining agreement coming up and COVID probably scared a lot of people into signing extensions and getting money locked in for the near future. There's a lot of a lot of factors here to to take in, but I I, I would say um that. If, if anything other than, you know, just trying to stay flexible, I would say they're, they're taking an eyeball at Jalen Brunson and Josh Green and saying, we have a little bit of faith in our internal development. We're going to roll with that. Let's bring in some ancillary players that will help out and just keep keep the keep the, the, the boat moving in the right direction. Try not to make too many big turns. Yeah, I think I think that's all. It's fine. It's just, you, you know hopefully you can eventually get those guys. Um, Denver, J- Jeff Green brought him in. Um, I uh, That seems like a play of, hey, we we got Aaron Gordon, want to have a fallback option if, if we need to move on from him. And now we've got an extra body who can guard those large wings in the Western Conference, a.k.a. Just LeBron James and whatever else. So, like, I, I generally like that. Um, brought back Austin Rivers. Will Barton is back. Um uh, I love the drafting of Bones Highland for them. I think he'll develop there real nicely next to Jokic. So I like what they did, um, but I don't know. It, it all comes down to just health of Jamal Murray and, and how he can come back, how he looks. Uh, but I, I like the moves that they had. You know, seemed like a good use of their resources. I agree. Getting Jeff Green as a guy who, if he's hot, you can close games with. I think is always a an under. He's he's always going to be a little bit of under out, undervalued player because he's been traded for so many first round picks and those teams usually got burnt by that transaction. But he's he's a guy that if he's if he's on his game for shooting the shooting for the day, he's he's a great guy to have in a closing line. Personal opinion. Got got off the minimum contract. Shout out to him. Yeah, that doesn't happen all that often. Detroit guys, we made it. We made it to the we made it to the time of the podcast where yeah, I can talk about the Pistons. We, we drafted Kate. We drafted Kate Cunningham. So it's all that it's matters. D- it's just a win. I, I, it's, it's a win. Um, uh, the Kelly Olynyk uh, signing confused a lot of people. I just think it was a hedge against what if Killian can't shoot it this year? We can have spacing and and still okay, and and the lanes aren't clogged. So that that, that that's what I, that that was my thought process. Yeah, no, undoubtedly. We we know as much as I hate Kelly Olynyk as a generic NBA player, he's he's 
a good shooter. He's a ball mover. He, he's sometimes a little bit too reluctant to shoot, which is a frustration. And um, Cade's going to be just like on Oklahoma State. He's going to miss out on some assists because Kelly's going to catch, dribble a couple times, then randomly shoot. Um, but like at the end of the day, Kelly Lennox is one of those guys who he, I think he really is good for young, developing guards. You know, I think I think about the situation that like Isaiah Thomas found himself in when he took a, a pretty nice leap. Kelly Lennox was part of the ball-moving um, nature of that team. Like that, That's the kind of thing I'm looking at. As he, he's, he's just a good guy to have around. Um, not if you're trying to go deep, deep in the playoffs, I would say, although he was part of a finals team. Um, but I, 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 I dislike him a lot, but he's, I think, a great signing for a young team. Now I was just going to say the guys that are leaving Detroit, these guys are Detroit's kind of like, all right, go ahead. We'll open the door for you guys. We don't really, we don't really think this is going to affect us. So I'm just like, Detroit is kind of just like, hey, let's go on rebuild mode still and kind of just go up from here. and. I think, I mean, I think they have a, a decent plan in place. And I'm sure, Richard, you know a lot more what plan they have for the future. I think at this point, they kind of just have to see, let's build from the ground up. And it was kind of smart just saying we're going to bottom out. And this is a, this was a good year to get the number one pick. Yeah, I don't think they don't want incompetence. So I don't think you're going to see Detroit at the like number one lottery odds. Our, our, I think our ceiling this year is making it into the play-in game. Like, I think the East and the middle and bottom of the East have kind of beefed up outside of, like, Orlando. Orlando's the only team that I look at in the East that says, hey, they're going to be tanking from the beginning. Um, outside of that, I, I, I see us trying to be competitive, and kind of like last year, and maybe we sneak into the plan, maybe we don't, and end up somewhere in the mid-lottery, and, you know, hope you get, hope you get lucky. But we want to play well. Um, you know, we, we got our guy. Cade Cunningham is the guy, and... If you luck into another one, sweet. But I don't think they want to do the tank. I uh, so they'll bring back Hamadou Diallo, I think, and Frank Jackson, I think. Both those guys restricted. The market's drying up. Don't think, and I think they're just trying to get them on a good deal. Uh, one thing that we've done is we've tried to keep the books open for three years, like a few years down the line. Kelly Linux was a three-year deal, but last year is either team option. I think it's team team option, and so. They're in a. Uh, I think they're in a good spot. One thing that I did not love, um, I didn't mind the pick because it's 50 50 second, but we got Luca Garza. I did not love how comparisons were made to Brooke Lopez from like Dwayne Casey. Didn't like it at all. <laughs> um, I because he's not that. He's not Brooke Lopez, people. Uh, but I think that with Kelly Olynyk, they were like, hey, let's go ahead and try to get just bigs that can shoot so that maybe they can develop into someone who can, you know, a big they can shoot kind of like Kelly Olenek. They, they, they just wanted to have that type of a um, a player going forward. Uh, I just wish that we got some guy who could jump high, you know. Give me, give me like a Jericho Sims, someone who can go up and catch lobs. You still don't have want. a center that's an athlete, as far as I can tell. We do not have a, a vertical, vertical athlete. athlete. Isaiah Stewart we do is not. a heck of an athlete, just not a, not yeah, a, bounce, a, different not a way. bouncy one. Yeah, I, I mean, we, our Balsa Koprovica, um, he's the guy who can kind of get up. He played for Florida State. so Oh, I, I'm uh, all in. I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't do tons for them, but he's, uh, you know, he we'll has, see. But, he has the Litter and Hamilton stamp of approval. That's all I've ever needed. Yep, so shout out to him. 57th pick. All right, um, moving on. Houston, loved their draft. We're gonna Did not Golden love State. bringing Daniel Tyson. What happened to Golden oh, State? Oh, uh, yeah. You're right. That's my bad. I skipped over Golden State. 
Fine. Let's talk about Golden State. People understand how the alphabet works, which you can't do stuff like that. Here's the here's the ins and outs, kiddos. Otto Porter Jr. is coming in. Namdi Bielitsa's in. Justinian Jessup is coming back from last year's draft pick. Um, out. Kelly Oubre, Kent Bazemore, Eric Pascal. Sad to see him move on. Has he found a team yet, or is he still a free agent? Uh, 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 Pascal got traded to Utah to be with his boy, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. For the second-round pick, Love I think. That. Love that for him, then. I, I missed on the, what the transaction was. Uh, draft, Jonathan Kaminga, M- Moses Moody, a lot of t- uh, potential in that in those two picks there. And then re-sign Stephen Curry to now be the first guy to sign two $200 million contracts in the NBA. Love that for him. But Otto Porter Jr., guys, playing for the minimum. Something I wasn't ready for, but I'm actually stoked for him because I think he'll have a great opportunity to, to get back off that minimum by next season. Yeah, if, if, he, can, if he can do like his Otto Porter Jr. things that he did in Washington – and a little, little, little tiny bit in Chicago, I think for them, for Golden State, it's a solid pickup for the minute. I mean, why not go for it? And he's going to have a lot of those Kelly Oubre minutes, I imagine. And then you can bring up Kaminga. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know what Kerr's track record is with rookie. The tra- I was trying to think with Wiseman. How Wiseman went. did not go well. Wiseman, it didn't go well. So Kaminga, I am, I am interested. Oh, thank you, Richard, for updating that. Recent, recent signing. Bringing back one Andre Iguodala, 2015 Finals MVP. Which I've, I'm slowly beginning to believe that Iguodala is reaching the Udonis Haslam stage of his career. I'm slowly, he might he might contribute more. He's probably gonna contribute more. Don't but. you dare put that on any person <laughs> ever. <laughs> I, I, mean, I love that UD. Stage. I love UD. <laughs> but there is a level of fossilization on those joints I, that cannot saying, be compared. Iguodala is gonna get his minutes, but I see him as being like one of those like we need you to be a big mentor for these guys. You and Draymond just work with them, teach them how to how to know how to be on the where to be on the floor and all that stuff. Richard, it seems like you want to say something. I mean, it's <sighs> yeah, UD like has been just awful for five years. He hasn't so. been a good player since two thousand like thirteen, maybe fourteen. What I'll say is for Golden State, the Bielitsa signing, I am most. Here, I, I think that he's actually going to um, get some role because of Draymond's lack of, of shooting, but defense, like the stretchability for him, but also being a bigger body that you can just kind of throw at people. I think he's going to get a lot of run this year, especially in the regular season. You'd love to have Otto Porter Jr. be healthy, but it, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Overall, I like the moves that they made, uh, but it really just comes back to is Clay healthy, yes or no. So Clay's healthy. That that theoretical closing lineup of Green, uh, Porter Jr., Clay, Wiggins, Curry. That could be a lot of a lot of intrigued, in my personal opinion. Hundred percent. Now to Houston. Didn't care for you know. Didn't care for the Daniel Tice move just because of you know you already have got uh, Christian Wood. You drafted Alperen Sengun, Usman Garuba. Maybe he's coming over this year. Maybe not. I would love to have him. I thought he was great in the. Uh, uh, in the Olympics and it, the way he defended. Um, but yeah, love the draft. Jalen Green, Alperen Sengun, Garuba, Josh Christopher, liked him as well. Um, but everything else, like nothing else really matters for them except for the, those guys that are drafted. They'll probably trade Daniel Tice mid-year to somebody or in a year. I don't know. He will not be, he's not part of the long-term future of this team. But otherwise, I love the moves. Love the love the offseason for the Rockets. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, obviously, John Wall is still on this team. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. made some really fun plays towards the end of last year. They definitely got 
I think, an appropriate amount of young talent uh, stored up here now. And now it's time to really like let those guys sink or swim. Um, you know, I, I, I think they, I think they're in a good spot to, to identify talent. And that's sometimes not always the case. I think with John Wall, you can figure out how these big guys can move, like what, what are their strengths and weaknesses? And I think with a guy like Christian Wood, if you got, you want to put the ball in some young guards hands, you got a player that can really show you how, uh, how, how these guards can perform in high pick and roll passing situations for pops and for lobs. Like I really do think those two players Wood and, and wall are, are perfect guys, not not maybe not appropriate pay, paid anymore in wall situation, but perfect guys to really find out what you have in a team. They got to find a place for Eric Gordon to go. Anyways, that's all I got. Uh, Elkin, the Indiana Pacers, tell us what you think about their offseason. All right, bringing in one Tory Craig. We did not have a flashy offseason to bring it out there. And uh, leaving them is one Dougie McBuckets. Would have loved to resign him, but no way. We'll be able to sign him what the money's going to get. Aaron Holiday, and a part of that deal that involved so many teams, and of course, got them Isaiah Jackson. And the drafted, besides Jackson, one Chris Duarte, Mr. 24 years old, and the resigned TJ McConnell, looking like your leader of the Home and School Association for the neighborhood. But it's okay. I'll take it. I mean, and I kind of think with Aaron Holiday, by the way, still have very bad experience with Aaron Holiday when one of my, we were at a Pacers game and we were for the shoot around. One of my students asked for an autograph, and Aaron Holiday got ticked off, and I was like, "That left a bad taste in my mouth." I'm just gonna point that out. It was back in twenty. Get him out. Twenty nineteen. I was like, I was like, nope. Give him the Camby. I was like, you can't, can't do that. And I figured that they're very, very content with what T.J. McConnell's been bringing for them. And maybe you guys know more about this. So Isaiah Jackson, he is a big man, correct? Yeah. So. And then we have Chris Duarte. So I have two questions about these rookies because I did not do that much research on these two guys. I feel like, once again, the front court is, is crowded. We drafted a big guy recently as well. And then Duarte, we have a 24-year-old rookie. Help me see the light in this or what's going on. Here's what I think. Duarte and him being as old as he is is literally to trick Carlisle into playing him this year. Um, that That's that's just what it is. Um <laughs> Isaiah Jackson, I think, is a fine upside swing, especially for the second round. I, I just think he probably sees most of his minutes in – you guys have a G League somewhere, I assume. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I, I yeah, assume he sees a lot do. of minutes there until that front court gets cleared out by, you know, some – I don't know, whatever it is. So, that, that, I, I – uh, Jackson, I think, is a good upside swing. So Yeah, but I kind of see this team, once again, being in the bottom of the East. I don't think it's going to be a team competing for the fourth or fifth spot. I feel like they need to do some moves. It just it just kind of feels like there's a team ready like to do a move with like a TJ Warren or Miles Turner. We were talking about that before the pod. But some of these guys, I feel like they're ready for a new start. But we'll see. They might just be content being there, but that's all we got. Let's go ahead and go to the LA Clippers. Clips brought in Justice Winslow. And that's basically what they did outside of the draft. Keon Johnson liked the... I guess gamble upside gamble. Jason Preston, love that. BJ Boston, upside gamble as well. Um, and then they just you know brought back the troops. Uh, Batum, Brady Jackson, Kawhi Leonard. We think is coming back. We don't know yet for sure, but we assume. Yeah, I think I think that came out the news that is pretty much going to resign. But I think with the Clippers, I mean, what they saw, they must have been happy what they saw when Kawhi went down. That they were like, oh, we still got a pretty formidable team without Kawhi, our best player. And who knows how things could have gone if Kawhi would have been fully healthy. We could have been talking about a Clippers-Bucks finals for all we know. But 
I think this team, um, I think they're going to be the running, one of the top teams in the West. And Ethan, go ahead. I see you in the silhouette of yourself hiding in the shadows with a <laughs> hand ring. Yeah, the, the lighting's not so good in this basement. Um, all the lights are behind me, but here's where the desk's at. But I think the important thing to notice is, is Paul George made strides last year in that postseason. Like, yeah, did he have some struggles still? Obviously, like everyone does. But he, he really – he really showed out that he can be a, a, a best player on a team again, right? And he hasn't done that basically ever since he uh, left, uh, had that his MVP season in uh, in uh, OKC, right? So, and, and while no, you don't want him to be your best player, but for a series, he showed that he has that in him. And then if he can find a way to channel that into the second best player energy, we the clips are the clips are real. But I mean, I called them frauds all last year because I, I do think that's a little bit of what they are. But I'm, I'm still hoping they can change my mind because they have a fun style of basketball when it, it gets all clicking together. I just don't think Kawhi's playing next year. I think that he's trying to get them to give him a one plus one so that they can pay him just to, you know, rehab and it would be so crazy if he did that and left next year. Oh, it would be hilarious. I wouldn't be surprised, though. Kawhi should go to Dallas so he can he can just hang out and play in the playoffs only. Luka, grind all season, get us there, and Kawhi just hangs out and, and helps him all win the right, chip. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the Lakers. Unless now the Lakers, we got some a lot of a lot of in, a lot of in moves. We're bringing in uh, Trevor Ariza, Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn, who I said Kendrick Dunn at first, and Ethan called me out. Rightfully so. One Malik Monk, which I don't mind. Trevor Reza again, which is put on here. I don't know if I put it on there twice. I probably did. Kent Bazemore. Uh, go so ahead. Having, having Trevor Reza is the first name you mentioned, then having him twice. Yeah, that's great. And then Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Wayne Ellington. Bringing in these guys. And then out is Caruso, Kuzma, KCP, Montrez Harold, Andre Drummond, most likely Dennis Schroeder. We're... we're Dennis Schroeder, we're pretty much convinced he should have signed his, the extension that they offered him. And they re-signed Taylor Horton Tucker. Now, with this team, just like complete overhaul of a team roster. Complete overhaul. And I'm almost in the camp where it's like, there's some stuff I like, like Malik Monk, minimum. I think we kind of saw him coming along towards the end of the season. We saw what he was able to do and some positive things. But then at the same time, it's like, I'm interested to see the fit with someone who's so ball dominant as Russell Westbrook with on a team like with LeBron, who's also ball dominant as well, to see how that goes. I'm just completely interested in that. Your thoughts on the Lakers, gents? Well, I'll just say, I did I did not like the Russell Westbrook uh, decision. I just I just didn't. Um, now it should be clear, the Lakers are still within the top tier in the West. I just think that that top tier is not just them. I think that it includes a few other uh teams up there but you know lakers fans would not would not believe such things uh they they look at it as like oh a big three of you know brooklyn's magnitude or something like that which which i just don't buy for, for me the issue is uh, hey guess what lebron james if if he is reaching his his highest levels that's where you're gonna have success if you're the lakers and i don't think that uh the fit of russell westbrook really maximizes that in a playoff setting. I think that they're going to be fine in the regular season. Like this move, as far as regular season move, I think will be help, helpful for them. Uh, I don't think that they're going to run into the issues that they, that they would. Uh, I think that they will in the playoffs with it. Uh, you've got guys who can get regular season minutes and Wayne Ellington, who, who's not going to see the floor in the playoffs. He's, he's just not. Uh, and, and so 
I, I look at their spacing and, and I think to myself, well, unless Anthony Davis plays center, which I, I don't, he's not really shown a willingness to do that. Unless he plays center in, um, like in the playoffs and like he's your starting center, he's your he's your finishing center. Like he's playing, I would say, nearly all of his minutes at the center position. I just don't see it as being something that can be feasible. Having Russell Westbrook out there, I think, opens the door for a team like Utah, where oh, where are they gonna, where are they going to put Gobert? Well, let's have him guard someone like Westbrook if you need to, right? You've got to you you can have uh, protection of the paint, and, and I think just Westbrook shooting as much as he does it. While I love the other moves that they did uh, around the edges, I, I just would have, I just want something that would maximize LeBron James. And I don't think this does that, so that's why I'm not about this move. Yep, yeah, no, it's um, they, the thing is they keep just doubling down on things that don't maximize LeBron James year after year, and we keep uh, being confused. You know, we could blame Magic Johnson originally, and then we can still blame Rob Palenka as it goes. It's like when they, when they signed Montrezl Harrell last year, it was like, well, that doesn't help anything. And then, and then all they did is just swap swap that mistake with a pretty good sign that had been KCP. And then they got Russell Westbrook, who's eaten up so much money of your cap and really uh, has nothing to do with making LeBron James a better player or like enabling him to stay at this elite level that he's been. I I just look at it, and I, I think Malik Monk and and then the old guys of a reason base more about the only things I find super pot like I, I would say are net positives Dwight Howard just being a, a minutes eater as, as we've said like this, this is gonna be a really good regular season team guys just because they're gonna have a guy like Russell who wins you games that you shouldn't win just because he tries harder um, than everyone else um, and then you're gonna have some games in the playoffs that you lose because he's gonna forget that LeBron James is the best player on this team one yeah one thing for some reason I picture with this team, because you know Westbrook dealt with those injuries last year and whatnot. I can just picture there's a stretch where Westbrook is out with an injury. LeBron and Anthony Davis are fully healthy, and his team just randomly – it just clicks at that point where you have LeBron and AD and those new pieces, and we see it just clicking. That's what I envision, something like that happening in a small stint, and people are like, oh, maybe Westbrook wasn't the best person to go in here. But I could be wrong, though. Go ahead, Richard. My, my, my concern is on the defensive end with this team now. Uh, I think it's really going to take a monster effort from Anthony Davis as well as a monster coaching effort from newly you know, re-upped Frank Vogel because uh, they let Alex Grusa go for just nothing. Just ownership decided we don't want to pay enough money. We don't want to pay that. I know you're in the tax, but you're the, you're the Los Angeles Lakers. And and so get a little cheap on on the, on it. And I, I, I just, unless Taylor Horton Tucker gets a uh, has a three-point shot, that makes teams actually need to go out and to defend. I, I just don't see enough guys that can space the floor enough for them while being able to defend. And for for like for me, losing Alex Russo, I think is is tough because now you don't have that point of attack defender in a playoff matchup. You can say, hey, go ahead and just mess things up for that guy. And and so I, th- I think when you just look at it as a whole, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna see some benefits. In transition, right? They're, they're going to see some benefits in the regular season where you know if someone goes up. I think in order for this team to like actually win, they, you got to have you got to have a couple more guys that can defend and, and and space the floor. And you almost have to get lucky and hope that oh, Russell Westbrook kind of turns an ankle in, in this series and and it, like it, it's it's not great. <laughs> it's, so oh well, it's they're, they're still at the top. They're, they're still in the top tier in the West. So. 
Uh, Shout out to them. I think we're ready for Memphis Grizzlies, who brought in Stephen Adams and Eric Bloodsill. I kind of feel like Stephen Adams just replaces Jonas Valanciunas kind of a little bit. And then losing one, Grayson Allen recently in a trade, right? That was a trade for Grayson Allen. Yeah. Yep. Martin St. Merrill. Yeah. And then uh, Jonas Valanciunas is out. Justice Winslow is out. Gorgie Dang is out. And they drafted Zaire Williams. And help me out with the last name. I don't want to butcher it. The draft. Santi Aldama. That's what I was going to say. I was going to pronounce it like I would like a Spanish name. But thank you for that. So with this team, these moves kind of – Bloodsoul is Bloodsoul. He's going to, going to be – he's a guy I feel like, okay, just a body. Steven Adams doing his thing. Grayson Allen I felt like really came on for them towards the end. Like having him in the starting lineup, I really felt like for them that was a decent positive. It's just I think a lot of this still hinges on the health of Jaron Jackson Jr. Just – his last few years, he's just been so injury riddled. But you kind of see this team how they got close to the playing game, or they were in the playing games. This team is right there, but you kind of feel with John Morant and all that. And I've liked their draft picks. I know some of the guys they've drafted in recent years have been great, but I kind of feel like a lot of this team, outside of these moves, just int- just winning on the health of Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Definitely so, because he's the best shooter on this team. And when you're the best shooter on the team and you're foul prone, so you get kicked off the court, or you're the best shooter on the team and you don't have the ball in your hands as frequently as you might like. I guess Desmond Bain's on this team now, so there is a better shooter uh, yeah. than him. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was about to say, this is a Desmond Bain slander here. No, it, it, that wasn't the intention. It was. I guess I was thinking back to his rookie season when he was by far the best shooter on this team. Um, you know, a guy like Grayson Allen definitely was able to spread the floor for this team, but I, I still think he was a negative player as a whole, so I don't really miss him. Dylan Brooks being less of a volume guy and more of a, a uh, uh, efficient guy would be a huge help. Uh, D'Anthony Melton continuing his efficient shooting will be will be key with this this coming season. Honestly, I, I think they had a, just an appropriate offseason, honestly. With, with with Bledsoe and Adams in, with Valanciunas out, that, that takes away a big portion of how some of how they like to run their offense with starting the ball in the post with him and getting actions based off it. And today, Zyra Williams hopefully can insert a lot of those uh, wing minutes that they've been lacking for several years at this point. Um, hopefully move Brooks up the lineup so their size is not so sparse. And I, I really do think that this team is just like, it's just, it's just a slow grind right now, and they're waiting for another moment to strike. But if Jaron Jackson Jr. can develop, be a little less foul prone, so he can have that shooting at the five instead of at the four, this is that that would be huge uh, for their their team development. And also, Brandon Clark uh, having a full healthy season will help the defense a lot. And, you know, let's see if his shot ever ever comes around fully. Yeah, I think Grayson Allen out is just making the way for some of the young guys giving them more minutes. Um, I just hope that uh, it doesn't lead to tons of Eric Bledsoe. Like, Eric Bledsoe can be a helpful player for a team, just not this team. Like, I, like he could be super helpful on a team like Brooklyn or something, right? But hey, not this team. Quick thing, can you guys refresh me? Who did they draft last year? Des- was Desmond Bain? Uh, Desmond Bain, Desmond Bain Xavier, Xavier Tillman. Tillman. I was going to say, because I was impressed with Xavier Tillman. I liked him getting those minutes for them. I liked him. So you did got those young guys, but I think we're ready for uh, Ethan to take us into Miami, though. Let us know what they did. Well, I will, I will mention it. I think Steven Adams being slightly less effective than Jones Valanciunas does enable more Xavier Tillman minutes or more Jaron Jackson Jr. minutes at the center position, which I think is a positive. If you can get Adams 24 minutes and then split that other 24 up between uh, Tillman and and our boy JJJ, that would be really nice. Anyway, back 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 to Miami now. Um, Kyle Lowry, obviously tampering. No tampering here. Obviously tampering. 
Okay, it don't matter to me though. Um, PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris, uh, I think all those are like you know good appropriate signs. I put Omar Yustefan, but he he was already on the team last year, um, just in the G League program. But I didn't know who he was, so I put him on here as an in. Resigned him. We signed him. He's now he's now a real man. Um, anyway, re-signed Dwayne Dedman as well. Uh, Victor Oladipo back. Um, both those, I think, are great value moves. Um, incredible, incredible that Victor Oladipo is available for a minimum. I know his health problems are still scary, but like if he gives you anything, it's... it's I don't think he's playing this year. I hope he, I don't, I hope he does. I, I, I know. But you, you, had, you had surgery on that same, on, on, on that same knee for the same reason. Like, I, I just... I don't think he's playing at all. I think this is just a ploy to have his bird rights for next year. Um, sad to see best uh, point guard in franchise history move on. Um, Goran Dragic to Toronto. Hey, hey, hate to see that happen, but he, uh, you know, he's he was he's a great player, and I'm I'll be sad to see him go. Kendrick Nunn, not so sad to see go, just because he's a frustrating point for me. Um, Trevor Ariza, I, I don't know. It's, there's a lot. There's a lot that happened with this offseason. I think I think it's a little bit of a, a panic move. Um, I'm not sure that we we put ourselves into the top tier of the East, given there's a team in Brooklyn and a team in Milwaukee that still has a guy named Giannis. Um, really, this all comes down to how much does does Bam develop. If Bam can start creating his own shot more frequently, uh, be willing to shoot without like that being the last resort, I think this team can be great. If he, if he, if he actively looks for a jump shot, I think the Heat are in a ra- great spot. But if he actively looks for a shot because they're shutting everything else off, ooh, I, I still worry because he still looks a little anxious out there. Uh, the uh, other thing we need to mention is the Jimmy Butler um, contract extension, which um, – and also Duncan Robinson as well. Um, both those guys getting some big monies for big years, and I, I definitely think that's market value. But those last couple of years, those uh, those those contracts could could prove weird. You know, we talk about Chris Duarte being an old 24 for a draft pick. Um, that, Duncan Robinson made his NBA debut at 25, so now he's like 26 right now, right? So he's he's going to be old by the time that contract's up. But if if you think about it in the positive light and like in the optimistic way, um, you got him for his entire prime now. So that's a good. That's a positive way to look at it. And I don't think Shooter's going to regress to the degree that, like, I think he's just going to be fine. I mean, it's not like he's a defensive stalwart, so. No, but if, just, when when you're already not athletic and you lose athleticism, that can be really problematic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy generally what Miami did just because it gives a little more competition in the East. I, I don't think they got into the top tier. I think they're in that second tier where they're fighting for the three to five range as far as, you know, what, what they're seed will be going to the playoffs next year um but yeah it, it seems like a hey this is this is our window and they're going for it now um eventually it could could look a little ugly especially that last year at lowry um like you mentioned with um uh the the re-signing uh i guess extending of jimmy butler yeah it might not look great but overall hey you know you know what i'm excited for i'm excited for Hope Ethan is going to have to start rooting for Kyle Lowry taking charges now. That's what no, I'm I won't. <laughs> I, don't root, I don't root for Kelly Olenek taking charges. I never rooted for Jimmy taking charges. Certainly never rooted for Goron throwing his face into people's elbows. I, That's not what's going to happen. I'm still going to loathe it. It's still foul drawing culture's a plague and abolish the charge. I'm still for all of those. All right. Well, um, Milwaukee Bucks. I, when they let go of Peter Tucker... I was a little bit like, I don't. I wonder if they're doing some, you know, 
cost-cutting moves, but then they went out and brought in a few other guys, like them getting Grayson Allen and bringing him in um, for a for a reasonable, I don't know if I should say reasonable contract. Uh, he's, he's on a reasonable contract, but bringing him in at not, not a minimum guy, like that's going to cost some tax dollars. So like they didn't shy away from it. For that, it looks just like another guy who can be on the floor and be Dante DiVincenzo insurance if, you know, they, they kind of saw how, you know, the, that that almost, I think, put them in a bind this year. They ended up obviously winning the championship, but having someone to back him up who can defend and shoot, I think, is helpful. Um, and you know, overall, uh, I think that this puts them, you know, in line, you know, to to go in and try to re- repeat. Uh, Semi Ojale being the attempt at PJ Tucker um, is just an attempt. And Rodney Hood, hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he can, he can play. And brought back Bobby, Bobby Portis for the Chiefs so that maybe he he hopes he gets a bag next offseason with bird rights. DiVincenzo coming back healthy makes a big difference as well. Yep, 100%. Anything else with the champion, Milwaukee Bucks? I think they're going to be nope. a contender again. Boring. Well, well, guess who's even more boring? Guess who's even more boring? The Minnesota Timberwolves, who sent out the better player in Ricky Rubio to try to clear up playing time for all of their guards. Uh, brought in Torian Prince and Nathan Knight, and that's all that they did. That's it. Nothing else. They might have done something tiny, but nothing of note. We'll, let's just blow right past them. Um, Pelicans. Ooh, the Pelicans. No, rough one, rough one. Go ahead, Richard. What we got going? I mean, we already kind of talked about the Dante Graham issues. It's just you, they were hoping for Lowry for some reason, and then it didn't happen. Like I just let me just match that Lonzo Ball. Contract. Let me just do that because that's, I think, a better use of our of resources than what it ended up being in Sadaransky, Garrett Temple, and Devontae Graham. Please, let's just lose Highlands the ball for the same money. I know it's more years, but I think he'll be fine on that contract to, to, to trade yeah. out if you need to. And then, of course, the rumor is that people are like, oh, Chris Paul considered a three year, $100 million contract. But I'm like, yeah, right. I want to see what this team, what they've done. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit worried of Zion staying there long term with these moves. Like I know no rookie has turned down that huge extension, but part of me is like, man, Zion must be looking around. And it's like this is what we're doing. I mean, they still have like Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram. That's about it. But I was not impressed with this off season. That's all I got to say about them. Ethan, go ahead. Your two cents. Pels are trash. David Griffith's trash. <laughs> He's not good at this job. I'll say it. Don't care. Like Alvin Gentry, like Alvin Gentry wasn't bad enough to fire. Stan Van Gundy wasn't good enough to hire. Apparently, definitely not bad enough to fire again. Like the whole thing is, you're out here doing the LeBron James playbook, and Zion Williamson ha- it can't leave every year like LeBron James could. And so all I'm saying is, you didn't learn anything from your experience in Cleveland to where you need a, you need to build sustainable winning. All they're doing is wheeling and dealing and throwing things around. You got lucky that. I honestly think Rich Paul did bungle the Anthony Davis exit a little bit and made it a little too obvious that he was leaving to where the Lakers had to give up literally everything they had, um, except for Kyle Kuzma because no one wanted him. Um, and then you, that's how you built your war chest. And then from there, I, I honestly think you bungled it. I think you did. You got lucky that you got Zion Williamson. And from there, you you, you just bungled it. You spent all that time developing Lonzo Ball to let him walk for in, for inferior players coming in. I think that they've drafted reasonably well, except for they haven't figured out the whole what do we do at center. Um, 
if you're the Pelicans. Like, Jackson Hayes is not the move. I don't know why they drafted him in that year. Um, it just didn't fit for the type of player that that uh, Zion's going to be. Um, I love the guards, right? I, I love the young guards. Kyra Lewis, we like him. We we enjoy um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I, I Overall, it's just it just doesn't make sense with these kind of panic moves that don't resolve or solve any anything. Jonas Valanciunas, not going to space the floor. Like, the reports that, oh, he can space the floor, but he, there's no gravity he's going to have on the perimeter. So if you wanted someone who has gravity, you should have gone out and got Miles Turner. And yeah, a year ago when he was available to be had, sorry, it, it, it's it's been a bad been a bad go of it. But no, you went and got Steven Adams, and then now you're 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 giving up more assets. You gave up assets to get Steven Adams, you're giving up assets to get off Steven Adams. It's just it's just I can tell you, it's just bunglings at every turn. Sure they're drafting pretty well. I mean, like I guess for their spot. I mean obviously you're gonna take Zion Williamson, but I'm telling you, man, like he's just not doing a good job. Yeah. Trey Murphy uh, brought him in as potential guy to do things. Uh, I, I like Herb Jones a little bit more, although it's like Herb Jones and Zion uh, spacing suffering a little bit there. But, oh, you know what? We like Herb Jones in this podcast. I'm telling you, I, I'm so sick of the Pels. I'm so sick of the Pels. I, I think we should just move him to Seattle and just get the Pel- like and make sure David Griffin doesn't get the doesn't get a plane ticket. Yeah. All right, uh, the New York Knicks, moving on to them, brought in and paid handsomely Evan Fournier, um, silver medalist Evan Fournier. Uh, they brought in Kemba Walker for the Chiefs after he was uh, let go of by the did, – didn't didn't play one minute. A little bit sad he didn't play any minutes in OKC, but wasn't wasn't to happen. Uh, Alfred Payton is gone, uh, we assume. Uh, and obviously they went in and extended Julius Randle at a price that I think is very reasonable. Brought back all of the Tibbs uh, collective um, and, you know, just kind of re-signed their own guys. And I like their draft of Miles McBride. Um, in the second round, uh, Quentin Grimes, you got him. Jogobitis, Sims. I, I, I overall kind of like what the Knicks did didn't quite care for some of their uh re-signings I'll, I'll, I'll say but I, they put themselves I think in the that bottom playoff tier you know they're in like the five to I don't know eight nine range right yeah I can definitely see that with them I mean Kemba Walker Evan Fournier I still think they may have overpaid a little bit with Fournier but it's like they pretty much saw themselves as running back with the same team and just add some more guard play, and let's see where this goes. Maybe they were worried about what happened in the Hawks series, or like we need to find a way to create more offense. I don't know, but I I think like Derrick Rose contract is the only one I'm kind of iffy with resigning with. But I, I know he he's solid for them as a backup point guard, but I was kind of like, eh, it's a lot of money. Yeah, no, I think I think the moves, all the moves they did, are, have their merit. Like, I don't think they killed themselves like with future flex- flexibility problems or anything like that. It just, it's just an okay off season. Like I don't think they completely bungled it, other than the Evan Fournier. Like that's a that's a bit money, a bit bit much money. But you know, you, you get Kemba for eight million dollars for a couple of years. I feel that kind of offsets because he's a better player than that if he's healthy. So I, I think they did well. Like Julius Randle obviously had a big bad postseason 
And that's got to change if he's going to be the the, uh, the All-NBA player that he is aspiring to. Um, I I think there's I think they did the appropriate moves to uh, keep the train moving in the right direction. Uh, let's move to a couple teams that are going to be bad next year, and we really only care about what they've done as far as draft picks, but went and some other things. But uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder drafted Josh Giddy. Uh, a little bit higher than people thought, but hey, interesting. Uh, Trey Mann, we love Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Villanova guy. Um, they also re-signed Shea alexander Those are the main things that they did that we care about. Derek Favors is, for some reason, on this team. Uh, they'll try to rehab him and ship him out at some point. Uh, but overall, they are just continuing on with you know, the tank. A- anything else you want to add to that, or shall we move on to the next team? Move along. Going on. Moving on. Moving on, Orlando, same same type of thing. Who cares who what who went out? Uh, brought in uh, Robin Lopez and Mo Wagner because they got Franz Wagner in the draft alongside uh, Jalen Suggs. So shout out to them. Uh, we loved their draft. So great. Philly, moving on to Philly. Uh, Andre Drummond. Coming in to to back up Joel Embiid, I gotta say practice is probably a must see event. We gotta somehow get cameras in there to watch the daily um, just uh, abuse that Andre Drummond's going to experience in practice. Uh, and bringing bring back Danny Green, I think was huge. Obviously uh, loved their Jaden Springer draft pick. For me, uh, other than you know they brought in a couple other guys and George Hill's out and uh, but overall it's like. You're waiting for the Ben Simmons trade that just hasn't come. So, Andre Drummond is not is no help to Ben Simmons on the second unit. So they've got to figure something out. Tell right? you what, I'll I'll take him in Portland. We'll give you CJ McCollum. We'll just call it fair. That's the trade that should have happened. And a lot of picks because Ben. I, I want everyone to realize Ben Simmons is still a really good basketball player. I don't I don't care what anyone else thinks. That guy's so good. Is he a, is he a, per, a good fit for Philly? No, and that's why it's so that's why it's so incredible how good they are. If you think if you think about what the worst kind of fits could be, he's he's in his worst case scenario and is still an All NBA level player. So everyone can take all the expletives I'm not saying right now straight to the face because get out of here with Ben Simmons not being good at basketball. It's so dumb. I know he can't shoot. He doesn't want to shoot. But it's so stupid. For anyone to consider him not a good basketball player, it's and that's why the Pacers awful. offered Brogdon a first round draft pick for him. Why not? Let's just let's just kick throw the, the throw the trades out. See what happens. Yeah, see what happens. There's still, like I would take him on the Pacers. I'll be like, I'll take that. I'll take a Ben Simmons. Why not? Daryl Morey Daryl Morey took that trying just throw some trades out. That hear that yeah, Toronto offer? Crazy. Said, but, yeah, because um, the Toronto offer was it Daryl Morey who said no? It was just everyone. Everyone, all of their players, so was it Maury um, who said for no? like, for Benson, or with the Torontos, like this is no. Maury Mo- Mo- sent it and then oh, immediately as, got as, hung up on. As it, he so. should have. Like uh, I saw that, I was the... like, ew. Yeah, right. So we'll see. We'll see if it happens. It, it, obviously, if Benson is traded, we'll talk about it. Um, Phoenix did their best to just kind of restock. Big man, the cupboard. Uh, I did not. Yeah, yeah, they got they got their they got their backup big Javale McGee. That's what they needed to get. Um, seems fine. Um, Lady Shamit brought him in, sent Javon Carter out there, lost Tory Craig. Um, so like that, 
I don't know quite how I felt about that um, move entirely, but uh, oh well. Landry Shamit's just doing his best. Trevor Ariza impersonation, uh, making his way around to every team in the NBA. Uh, resign Chris Paul. The dollars on that looked huge to begin with, but turned out to be very, very reasonable for Phoenix. Um, basically, there's only two years uh, guaranteed there. Uh, the other ones are very much non-guaranteed or barely uh, guaranteed after that. Uh, Brock campaign back on a reasonable deal. Adel later come back as well. I, overall, it's, it just seemed like a let's run it back and let's have JaVale. JaVale, for all the crap he gets, he's actually a pretty decent backup center. Like, I'll give him that. Like, JaVale is a decent guy. He knows what to do when he's on the floor. Go ahead. Gold medalist, JaVale yes, McGee. That's right. First mother and son duo in basketball to be gold medalists. Take that and rewind it back. So I'm talking about, well, I'm ready to go on to Portland, though. I don't know if Ethan wanted to add anything else to Phoenix. All right. Portland, hometown team for Ethan. Go ahead. Yeah, no. So they, they added some shooting, which is something they always need to help uh, – Help out that man, Damian Lillard. You know, Tony Snell doesn't like to shoot as much as he should, but I mean, he, he shot. He's one of the rare guys to go 50, 50, 90, I believe. I think that's never happened before. Um, anyway, Ben McLemore, um, good shooter as well. Streaky, obviously. Um, Cody Zeller, just, you know, a, a different version of a Plumlee. They're both from Indiana, so Zellers and Plumleys are all one happy family. Um, regardless, Ennis Cantor's out. Um, probably best, although now that Terry Stotts isn't the coach, I'm not sure they would overplay him, so, you know. Probably could have kept him. Uh, resigned Norm Powell. That's a big deal, especially if um, you want to trade CJ McCollum. You need Norm Powell in uh, in house. Um, I really think it's very boring until like a theoretical CJ McCollum trade. I've I've pitched the Miles Turner and TJ Warren for CJ McCollum as like a rough like a rough mock up, and I think that's actually relatively fair value. Um, but I get why someone wouldn't want to give up a guy who can almost be a defense all to himself. Regardless. Um, they're in, they're in a tough a tough spot here where if Dame ever actually is disgruntled, you probably should do right by him because he's done right by you for all these years. But honestly, without without some defensive help, I don't know where this team really gets better, and I don't see that in the signings. Yeah, didn't I don't think they really made the splash that Dame was hoping, but they didn't really have tons of options available to them. Um, yeah, Sacramento. Ah, I did not care for what they did this offseason like like Davion Mitchell just makes no sense with their roster at all I know that they were hoping to 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 to, to make the the Lakers trade and um you know but that that didn't quite go as, as they planned because Westbrook was the alternative they chose um so bringing back Mo Harkless Alex Len um sent the line right out tough because they they gave the Pistons some seconds for that but it is is what it is um I, I just I just don't think they did a whole lot that's going to help them get better. They brought back Rashawn Holmes. Cool. But, like, I don't feel like they're just treading water here, which is kind of tough if you're a Kings fan. Yep, didn't do anything. Kind of just look at it. I'm, I like Davion Mitchell as a player. But for this team, you're kind of just like, cool. You guys are just picking players just like Marvin Bagley, just how you do it. I won't be surprised if they decide to get rid of Marvin Bagley at some point throughout the season. No way. I'm hoping no team gives him a first-round draft pick. I think I've heard that's what they're asking for. I'm hoping no uh, Pistons, though. Calling the, they keep calling the Pistons, though. I think the only way to do that is if they give the Pistons a first-round draft pick to take Marvin Bagley. Listen, I'm blocking every everything. 
Like, you can get Trey Lyles. That's what you can get from Marvin Bagley, okay? Richard's got all Sacramento numbers blocked. Yeah, but I don't see much with this team, so I'm going to go on to San Antonio. Ready to move on with bringing in Doug McDermott, former Pacer. Going to miss him a little bit. Chandler Hutchison, Thaddeus Young, former Pacer. And known for that infamous graph that put him with LeBron, Magic Johnson, and Larry Bird, all on the same graph. Random graph. And then Alfaro Camino, Zach Collins. Injury prone Zach Collins. Had a lot of hope for him. Hopefully he's not as injured. But And then bringing back Brian Forbes. And getting Jock Landale. I don't think I've heard of him. So he was on, he's a cent, he was the center of that Australian team. Oh, to bring okay, him over. Okay, okay, so okay. That makes a little He's, he's slow afoot. He's their attempt at Baines again. So. Yeah. And then losing one to Marta Rosen now in the draft, one Josh Primo. That is intriguing. But I'm like, sure. People were like, oh, it's because it's the Spurs. They know what they're doing. But sometimes the Spurs make bad, bad decisions, ladies and gentlemen. So put it out there. And I'm done with Joe Wieskamp. He is a, well, he's an Iowa guy. He, he He's a guy, if the Pacers had an earlier second round pick, he would have ended up on Most the Pacers. Likely. So. yeah. Um, they also lost Patty Mills. I want to mention him because we mentioned we talked about him in Definitely. pretty high praise yeah. uh, for the the Nets getting him. Um, what I'll say about these moves here is they got a lot of guys who I think um, will can help development, um, and then they got a couple guys to develop. So Zach Collins, right? The, the whole concept with him is he like in that championship game that Gonzaga lost to North Carolina. The big the biggest reason they lost in that game, in my opinion, was because Zach Collins got in foul trouble. And, and, and his athleticism couldn't be utilized against North Carolina, who's in, that's in their entire M.O., right? And so if Zach Collins can go to the Spurs, and if Greg Popovich can still do the magic he used to do, where he just gets big guys and the team in general not to foul. Zach Collins has a little bit of a, a, a three-point shot. He's got a decent little post hook. Like That could be a really theoretically great 48 minutes of, of center rim protection between him and Jakob Pertl. If he's healthy, he's never been healthy. He's probably not going to start the season healthy based off the injury uh, he had to his foot uh, before last playoffs. But you're talking about guys like Thaddeus Young, Zach Collins, Alfred Gamino, who, if he has anything left, is a, is a good defender, but I think he's washed. And then we're talking about Jakob Pertl, who had one of the better rim-protecting seasons statistically if you're not a guy named Rudy Gobert, Ben Wallace, etc. So all I'll say is I think the, the moves they made are going to help guys like uh, Lonnie Walker, uh, Derek White, um, the point guard Murray, all those kind of guys developed. Keldon Johnson obviously showed some flashes to playing with Team USA. I think all these moves um, enable those players a little bit more, and thus I I, I think this was a good productive offseason. They didn't they didn't fall for a, a trap and, and keep DeRozan around. While he's a, probably a better player than most guys on the roster, he's a guy who's inhibiting growth, and that's not what you want if you're the Spurs. Yeah, this team is going to play hard, but they're going to be bad. Um, and I think that they'll find their way to a a lottery pick. And again, just the whole DeRozan trade, a good piece of business. Um, Primo, make yeah, great piece of business. You know, Primo obviously was the reach for you know that's when the draft really went off the rails. But if you're not playing for now, and if you're playing for in the future, like that, it just seems like a, a fine a fine move. And I don't if Zach Collins signed that deal with any other team, like you'd be like ugh gross but with the spurs where they're at okay whatever who cares <laughs> yeah i mean when you're talking about what is it like seven seven and a half million dollars a year basically like that's that's that that's a inordinately tradable contract for a guy with his skill set even with his injury problems toronto 
obviously brought in Goran Dragic, Preston Chua. Uh, basically, draft, you know, where, where I guess the draft started to slightly go off of the consensus, bringing in Scotty Barnes um, instead of Suggs. It, it, the shooting is going to be a little bit of a, a struggle on this team, I think. Um, but, you know, it, it, they brought in or they brought back Gary Trent Jr., uh, you know, the for the Norman Powell switch at, yeah, I guess, uh, uh, it's it's fine. We, we don't need to rehash the Powell, Gary Trent stuff. Uh, losing Kyle Lowry, holding on to him a little bit too long, I, I guess I, it was rumored that they could get a little more at the deadline, but it's you still got some things. And so I, I think overall it's fine. This is a team that could be a sneaky tank team um, uh, later down the you know, in, in, in this year. But... I think that overall, they did okay. I mean, I, I, I kind of like their like default closing lineup, right? We got Fred VanVleet, Gary Trent Jr., and then the, the three versatile wings in OJ Anobi, Siakam, and Barnes. I mean, there's some shooting deficiency there, sure. But like, if Siakam can go back to like you know when he's playing with Kawhi levels of shooting, we're not talking about shooting deficiency anymore. We're talking about it only be Scott, being Scotty Barnes that can't shoot. I, I, I really do think this team has the bones of something pretty good. Not to mention Preston Chu as I, I think a high energy rim roller kind of guy. Like I think this team's gonna be very fun to watch, very interesting. It's just it's just a development track though, and if they are smart, I think there is a subtle tank to be had. I they, they kind of did the subtle tank last year. Yeah, and it uh, they, out. they don't. I mean, they're they're not gonna sucks, be. But... Yeah, they're not gonna be enticed by the uh, play-in games. We, we saw that already, so they'll. I think that they'll kind of just, it'll be like last year. And if they can find trades that kind of reset the timeline, I think that they'll look for it and they'll, and they'll do it. A quick thing. Um, uh, anything else here with Toronto? Is Scotty Barn a Florida State guy? He is a Florida yeah. State guy. So we like him, but uh, we, I don't know if I like him Toronto. at number four. I was going to say, I thought we were going to get Suggs, but I kept reading that Suggs had a really bad workout for them. That's all I kept reading. But we'll see. All right. Utah bringing in Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside, Eric Pascal. Gone is Derek Favors, re-signing one Mike Conley and drafting Jared Butler. I think Richard brought up, I think you, Richard, brought up the point that you you like this. You like their moves that they did during this offseason. Yeah, so I, I enjoy, um, you know, Derek Favors I don't think was useful for them. Uh, I think Hassan Whiteside at the minimum. I'd rather have that than, than Derek Favors at the MLE. And you get Rudy Gay, you hope he's not totally done. Uh, but you also got the young guy Eric Pascal. I, I I like some of the moves around the periphery. I am you keep hearing rumors about them trying to trade Joe Ingles, and that that that, that concerns me just a little bit. Like I don't know if they want to do that as a, as a cost cutting move, but right now they're pretty far into the tax. And I love uh, Jared Butler. Um, if Mike Conley can stay healthy, I just now look out out west. The Clippers I don't think are going to really be a factor next year because I think Kawhi is gone. And I think that there's not really another team out west that can play Rudy off the floor like he hasn't. I guess maybe Golden State, if Clay is there and and, and they can find themselves, uh, maybe 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 that's the team. But if you look at all the other teams, I, I just don't really I, I I don't see a situation where Rudy's going to be as um, in a tough of a spot defensively. So if everyone can stay healthy, which is a big if, I think this team can do some big things uh, next year. If enough Lakers can shoot, 
obviously playing Anthony Davis at the center is, is the mismatch for every person in the league other than maybe Bam Adebayo. But then again, we've, we haven't got to see a healthy Bam Adebayo go against that kind of lineup, you know? So there's, there's definitely something to be said, but I'm, look, I'm thinking of this right here, Richard and, and Elkin as well. We're talking about now Conley Mitchell and Butler as that guard little rotation, right? That sounds very attractive. And Clarkson. And Clarkson. And Clarkson, Clarkson as well. But I I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, if I was thinking someone should be on the move, it would be Clarkson over Ingles, if you ask me. Because I'll take another system guy who maybe just catch and shoots threes over taking a guy who uh, bogarts the offense from time to time. Now, he did a really good job of bogarting the offense. Don't get me wrong. How repeatable is that? Something to be thought of. You're talking about uh, Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, Bojan, Instead of George Niang, Rudy Gay. So, you know, if Rudy Gay doesn't have a lot left in the tank, I still think he's going to contribute more than George Niang, if nothing else, just gravity, right? Because people are going to respect Rudy Gay. People are not going to respect George Niang. I, and then, I, as much as, you know, Hassan Whiteside is, is falling from grace, he's not obviously the player that he thought he was when they signed him to a max. He's, I, you, you won't hear me caping for him. And I hope, I actually honestly am hoping for Yudoka Zabuke's sake that he plays well enough that Hassan is cuttable. I really, I, I hope that for him because Hassan's career has hit a point where it doesn't need to be around anymore, and I'm hoping as a, as a bouquet can find his footing. But I, I, I will say it again. I think getting rid of um, Joe Ingles would be the mistake if you could get a, a good 3 and D type of shooter for Jordan Clarkson. I think that is the correct move, especially with what I believe will be a very good and useful player in Jared Butler uh, joining the team. 100%. Um, anything else in Utah before we get to our last team? Uh, Richard, lead us to the last team. The Washington Wizards, a team we probably should spend a little bit of time thinking about because of their involvement in the Russell Westbrook trade, bringing Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Montrez Harrell. Um, in doing so, they created tons of flexibility for themselves. Uh, so much so that I don't quite know how, like, they're going to have too many guys and not enough time for each player. Like, they're going to have to, they're going to be, like, 11 deep <laughs> um, almost. And But it's fine. Uh, you brought in Spencer Dinwiddie. That was kind of their big move to, you know, try to appease Bradley Beal and, and get, get someone who can be on the ball um, to replace the, those Westbrook, you know, to replace Westbrook in that regard. Otherwise, they weren't going to have a point guard. Uh, I guess Aaron Holiday as your backup, but I, I didn't really feel comfortable for for him being a starter. Brought back um, Raul Neto. Drafted Corey Kispert. Um, Isaiah Todd, I guess they'll probably throw him in the G League uh, is, is my my guess, just because there's there's not tons of space and room. you got Rui on this team, right? You, you've got um, Denny. Uh, Denny on this team, who, who we like and who we want to see get some minutes this year. Um, and Dan- If Daniel Gafford loses minutes to Montrose Harrell, I'm going to throw things at the wall the thing is i think that mantras harrell like i think you might see that a little bit early just so that they can move mantras harrell like mantras harrell seems like an easy player to move at the deadline um in, in a trade so i that's overall i i enjoy what they did to as long as beals cool with it and if beals wants to leave guess what you can now restart the rebuild and get small assets for each of these guys who i think are going to be worth it and I, I the, the team I was and I was hinting at could consolidate some of their young assets to get a, a star was Atlanta earlier, opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of the the order of out uh, the alphabetic order. Um, I'm looking at a team and I'm like, hey, you know, you now have you now have a, an open 
like a, a a brand new slate because Russell Westbrook doesn't you know run the team anymore. Um, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is a great player to put, pair with Beal. I think they're both going to have really good seasons. And then I, I look at the young players on this team, and I'm like, they have a, a, I think now a he- much healthier place to develop now that it's not just ra- random pass from all these angles. After I figured out I can't get anywhere, Russell Westbrook stuff. I know I'm a hater, but I I, I, I look at OKC's track records post Westbrook and see how the player development's gotten much better. And I and I'm, I just can't help but attribute some of the lack of player development. Obviously, they had lower they had lower picks as well. But I can't help but attribute some of that to Russell Westbrook not making people that much better than whatnot. I don't know. I just I like this team. I think it's going to be a fun watch, even uh, regardless of uh, maybe some lacking effectiveness from time to time. Yeah, I think that this basically, yeah, I I, th- I think this basically just makes every like, there's a lot of competence in the NBA as far as like teams. People a lot, a lot of people are going to be trying to win, and there's tons of uh, tradable contracts uh, on on this Wizards team. Curious to see kind of how it all shakes out. So we made it. We did it, guys. We talked about every every team in the NBA and in the off season off season. So if Daniel Gafford doesn't play over Montrezl Harrell, I'm going to throw things at the wall. I'm I'm going to. I hate uh, that Montrezl Harrell character. <laughs> oh, Not as a boy. person, but as a basketball player, I loathe him entirely.